Welcome in to another episode of the Young Dad Podcast, presented by Ball Boy Media, hosted by the Young Brothers, Jay and Aaron Young. Fatherhood is our game, Young is just our last name. Time for you to pull up a chair, grab a juice box, and grab a snack, and let's talk today with our guests, the hosts of Motherhood Uncut, Kate and Deb. We are so excited today, and we are ready beyond belief to mix up fatherhood and motherhood on today's show. Dove into such topics as what shared parenting looks like, getting different perspectives on motherhood and fatherhood on hot button topics, like parenting and the stress and the load and just the responsibility of moms and dads and having to possibly leave your child's life and being involved and the expectations on a mother and a father in today's world and some really uncomfortable topics that not a lot of people want to talk about on their podcast but we did it and we enjoyed every second of it and it was really fun to share both perspectives in one singular episode so we truly hope that you enjoy today's collaboration with all that in mind get comfy pop that straw into your juice box open your snack and enjoy the Before we get started today, we just want to thank you for this amazing year. See, almost the end of November, it's almost Thanksgiving, the holidays are well upon us, and we want to wish you guys a happy holidays. We hope you enjoy your holidays, we hope you enjoy your loved ones, your family, and spending time with them, growing and loving and pouring into your kids and enjoying the time you have on a break. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Kate and Deb, the hosts of the Motherhood Uncut podcast. This is going to be our last full episode until, no, not November, January 1st, 2024, where we're going to kick off season five with the Warrior Dad podcast host, Jeff Wickerham. So we seriously hope you enjoy, hope you have a happy holidays, happy safe holidays, and it's a blessings filled time for you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for 2023, the amazing support. All the episodes we were able to do over this last year, the fun we had, the people we talked to, the guests we had, and a special thank you to all of our guests. And we sincerely hope that you enjoy episode 56, Motherhood Uncut with Kate and Deb. And during the holidays, go back and listen and look out for special bonus episodes that will also be coming out during the holidays from your hosts, the Young Brothers. Our live in studio audience is so excited you guys are here. Welcome into another episode of the Young Dad Podcast. I'm Jay, and joining me today are the hosts of the Motherhood Uncut Podcast, Kate and Deb. How are you guys today? So good. Thanks for having us. Especially after that um, amazing audience intro. We feel so grateful to be in front of this live audience. Yeah, the live audience, I mean, obviously you guys can see them because we're recording, but the people can't see them because I hide them from the people. They don't want their identity seen. They just get paid to clap and cheer and laugh and stuff. So, you know, it is what it is. But I'm so happy that you guys are here. I'm a fan of you guys. I'm a fan of your show. I'm a fan of what you guys do. And I'm honestly just really happy to have you guys. Um, If the listeners don't know about your show, Motherhood Uncut, 
It's an educational and humor show hosted by two lifelong friends. I mean, you guys are in the same room. And you guys just have real <laughs> talk about motherhood, which I love, honestly, and being able to share that perspective because I think it's really helpful for dads and men to get a real perspective of it from the other side, to hear both sides, to understand like, hey, I'm going, I'm going through this, I'm feeling this way. I wonder what they're feeling and to get that perspective. Um, so I think it's a little bit easier for my listeners to have it come to them. So I'm really excited you guys are here. Um, and I like what you guys said in your questionnaire about what it means to be moms. It means being willing to be uncomfortable in order to love fully. And I think that's so true. So Kate, Deb, tell us a little bit about yourself, your show, and just anything else you want the listeners to know about you guys. Wow, what a big question. Okay, Dad, you go first. <laughs> really? What a nice intro. Thank you. What Jen. a nice intro. Um, and thank you for the work you're putting out in the world. It's so important. And, you know, I love getting all gender perspectives of this. And I often am reminded that we're so much more alike than we're different. And when we actually come from that place, there's so much more room for humor, compassion, curiosity, the things that we believe are the pillars of parenting and just being in the world. Um, so I'll start actually by telling you our story. Perfect. How's that go? Um, Great. Love that. So Kate and I actually met a long time ago. Um, our, our babies were babies. Yeah. So probably 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we happened to be in the same office and we met for having lunch and blah, blah, blah. And then it was a slow build we were both had babies and then Kate was pregnant with her second and I wasn't even pregnant yet with my second. And so we were just like both therapists in the world, Kate, especially as on postpartum mental wellness. And I was focused on couples and individuals around connection and relationship and sexuality. And we were just like juggling, right? Fully. We were juggling. So anyway, long story short, our relationship was this slow, beautiful build. And eventually we introduced our husbands and then our families really merged and we became kind of a village mentality. And we really believe in villaging <clears throat> in every way. And we were truly trying to live that and giving our kids other aunties and uncles that were close because we both live far away from family. And anyway, our podcast actually grew from sitting at a pool day after day, one summer during COVID well, yes. And Early let me COVID. just say, sitting by a pool <laughs> and hiking and making meals together and waking up in the morning with our coffee and drinking a glass of wine too. It was like, it was like this conversation over and over, over and over where we were much more interested in talking about our mothering than talking really about other things. We weren't interested in talking about other people. We weren't necessarily like processing our friendships, we were actually processing our relationships with our, ourselves as mothers, our relationships with our partners, our relationships with our kids. And every now and then we'd be like, God, this would be a great podcast. We should be recording this conversation. And it started as just kind of a joke. And then Kate being Kate, who takes everything to the nth degree, <laughs> called me one day. And she's like, I got all the gear. And I was like, okay, she had microphones and all the things. And I was like, let's do this. And then it just kind of grew from there. And we were like, let's talk about the things that people don't want to talk about. Like the really uncomfortable things, like when you're hardcore judging your kid or when you can't really deal with your kid's friends, like 
things that just kind of go into the deeper layers that are uncomfortable. And it just grew from there. We've now had four seasons. And I, I think I'll congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. I think I'll add that one of the things that I think Deb and I do really well together, both as friends and also as podcast hosts and, and also working with our clients is bring in the all the elements, right? So the humor, which we feel like is so important because it's so easy to take ourselves really seriously all the time. And so to bring in the humor, to bring in the humility, to bring in the messiness, also to bring in the pride, right? The places that we feel really good about and the curiosity. And so we, I think our podcast and also our friendship in general is like, let's just lay it all out there, right? So that we get to feel so many different things at one time. And it makes it makes our time together. And I'm a little biased, but the podcast also super fun because you get all of it. I love that. And that is 100% how it starts. That's how my brother and I started. We were just, we would play games and we would just game. And especially after my divorce or like toward the end of my marriage and into my divorce, we would just sat on, sit on PlayStation. We played video games. We usually play Madden or 2K or something. And we just play for a while. And then eventually he, we kept saying like, we should do a podcast because this conversation like belongs on a podcast. We're just talking about just like all the things, all the random things and getting into it. And so then one day I was just at work. I was working at a bank. So I was working a back office job at a bank and I just had all the ideas, all the names, the first like 10 shows. I'm like, I got it. We're ready. Here we go. Um, he's like, okay, I guess so kind of thing. So very, very similar there, but I think it's so important for what you guys do is to talk about the uncomfortable things because no one really wants to talk about those. And especially for us three, you know, we understand working in the mental health circle, how important it is to talk about the uncomfortable things because someone's got to talk about it. Eventually you have to talk about your uncomfortable things or they're just going to eat at you and they're going to cause more issues that are going to trickle over into your parenting, into your relationship with your partner, into your relations with your friends, those you're close to. So it's so important to get those uncomfortable things out there. And especially for you guys being able to talk about it from a firsthand perspective, but also a professional ex- perspective is also just so, so important. Yes. I'm seeing something on my screen that's saying you can't record. Sorry to interrupt, but do you need me to do anything or should I just, okay, great. You're fine. I think we're okay. So we'll just keep going forward. I'm not seeing anything that's not allowing it. So (laughs) technology. I know. I love it sometimes. Yeah. I love it sometimes. (laughs) Everyone's trying to podcast nowadays, you know, us experienced people who are multiple seasons in we're like, come on. There's not, there's no room on the boat for you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, what's sort of funny about our lives and our work with mothers and also our podcast is that we actually have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like same. we, like, I mean, you would laugh at our, I mean, we have like, you know, a microphone here that we're using and we have earphones and we, but really we're like, it's all uncut. It's just all uncut. So there you have it. Life in a nutshell. And I love that. And that's so accurate for me. I mean, mine looks cool because I have this whole mic boom and stuff. And, 
That's like, so I look like I know what I'm doing, but I really have no clue what I'm doing. But that's so true with like parenting at the same time, you know, exactly. and right. different kids with different needs. Like we each have multiple children. So each of those kids has different needs. Are each going to need a different style of parenting mm -hmm. from us? And I think that's yes. a big thing when parents go from one to two is that this kid's going to be pretty similar at the beginning. But once they start to babble, it's out, it's out the window because that kid's oh. going to be totally different. Like my second, she is wild. <laughs> she is untamed. It, she is feral. She is just crazy. And I love her because she's super fun. But my other one, she's very highly, she's highly intelligent, which means she's also highly emotional. And she feels things deeply. She takes things very seriously. She takes everything to heart. Uh, she doesn't like being called any names or being played with or joked with or anything like that. She can't just laugh it off. Mm. Where opposed to her little sister just laughs and jokes and feeds into it and plays along with it. So it's really Isn't interesting, it? those two. Isn't it so interesting how our kids can be so different? but how important it is to allow ourselves to evolve over time as well, right? So the, the way I looked at the world and the, who I was in relationship to myself was very different two years later when I had my second child from previously when I had my first child. And I think one of the things that gets in our way as parents is really rigid thinking. You know, Deb and I talk about that a lot. Like, are you willing to not know the answer? Are you willing to assume there's more to learn? Are you willing to not get it right? And when we have to get it right and have to know the answer and have to have a rigid way of doing things, we're usually going to bump up against that wall and it's not going to work very well. So our kids are different, each child, but so are we, each child, you know? Definitely. I love that. Jay, one thing I really appreciate about what you just said is how well you know your kids. I mean, you just described them so beautifully. And that knowing is like, <clears throat> I actually think that's actually one of the, the tickets to a heart-centered relationship is really having that attunement with their different idiosyncrasies, their quirks, their strengths, their struggles. And when a child feels known by their primary caretaker, that is where a relationship thrives. So thank you. No, thank you. And I love that. And it's, I want to talk more about that. What, like for a heart center relationship, if take us into that, because I can feel that's a lot of what you guys do work on, especially you, Deb, and some of your one-on-one -on -one stuff and Kate and some of the stuff you do as well. So what are some of those like founding, like core things that you two work with your different, in my work, we say peers, we don't say clients, but with your like clients and people you meet with, like what are the things that you guys really try to get down to, like some of your core and guiding principles? There you go. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so when I'm saying heart-centered connection, it's really this practice of postponing my own agenda in order to truly listen to someone else's experience. So when I, and that is a practice, I mean, I flail all the time at it. In fact, I flailed a lot this weekend. <laughs> I was on a camping trip with my kids. I have two teenage girls. I'll get to that later, but it's the reminder of, okay, my, know my job as a parent is to guide, is to hold, is to reflect. And then over and over, I have to 
postpone my agenda so that I can truly listen. And then I can actually see them through my heart in all of their glory and see them, how they came into this world. And when I can do that successfully, there's room for authentic curiosity. And that actually helps bring out the, my kids or my client or my friend, whomever I'm with, brings out their wisdom, right? Because they have room and space to share who they are in the world. And when I get really curious with my kids, I can actually, as teenagers now, I can help pull out their value system which is not always aligned with mine. Mm -hmm. It's not extremely different, so to speak, right now, but it, they're learning how to be their own people in the world. And that's when I can really learn who they are. I love that. Beautifully said. I think my work along with that has a lot to do with teaching mothers and of course, practicing this myself on a moment to moment basis how to create steadiness and calm and groundedness amidst the chaos and messiness. So rather than trying to control for the chaos and messiness, which as anyone as a parent knows, it's like whack-a-mole, right? You get one thing controlled and then something else becomes messy. So rather than controlling for that, really learning how to stay steady under pressure, so to speak, how do we really go inward in those moments so that we can feel our feet on the floor and be grounded so that we're able to do these important things that Deb is talking about, to be more neutral, to be more curious, to be more responsive rather than reactive. And I think, you know, ironically, it's kind of the only thing we actually have any control of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when we can learn to put our energy and our focus inwards to gain that sense of control, we're just more resilient. More, we're more able to, to roll, roll with the punches, so to speak. And as Deb said, and this is, you know, the relationship building that she is so good at is sort of how do we go into those relationships with our kids, whether they're infants or grown children from that place of grounded, secure, safe steadiness, because that is what our children need to thrive. They need us to be able to be that safe space. And that's real hard to do when we are internally frenetic. And so I think that's just my, that's sort of my perspective that really goes exactly along with Debs. And of course, you know, Deb, we, we I see her nodding. Like we both do a lot of the same things. We we might come at it from a, sort of a little bit of a different perspective, but of course, the reason that we're so, you know, in tune is that 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 type of parenting has really served both of us in our own lives. We both have teenage daughters now, and of course, it changes our kids develop. And I mean, we talk about this all the time. I just did a post on Instagram about how as mothers, we can feel postpartum in all of these new stages of motherhood. You know, when our, when our infants become toddlers and again, we're like, I don't know what the F I'm doing. And I, how do I find myself amidst this chaos? And then when our kids go to school for the first time and then they become teenagers and then maybe they leave for college that this, this quality of feeling postpartum can re can come up for us over and over and over again. And so I think really learning how to ground from the inside out is sort of the magic. It's the magic ticket for that kind of steady parenting that, that Deb's talking about. I love that. And that's so important because both parents, moms and dads, I feel 
we feel almost guilty for giving ourselves back that energy and especially dads we feel guilty for putting that energy back into ourselves because we're taught and we're trained like oh you have to put your energy in this place or give it to work give it to your kids give it to your partner i actually saw this really cool concept of a tattoo that's based in like greek mythology of just a man who's just a skeleton and then he just has his woman and just uh, his wife i assume like in a hug and of course greek mythology she's naked and stuff but uh just that he's put all his energy into this like relationship into the family and stuff so he's just essentially dead inside it's just a skeleton walking around um just like a skeleton with skin and stuff and it's like rooted so i didn't read too much about it but it's like rooted in greek mythology and pathos and stuff like that i don't know a lot about that so um, I don't think about the Roman Empire very often, but. <laughs> well, it's so interesting, Jay, to hear you talk about that, because that is very much an experience of, I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to say all, of course, but I think that's a very common experience for women to feel mm-hmm. like there's nothing left. Where did I go? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm grateful actually to hear you describe that so poignantly from a dad's perspective, because I think the, the. Um, assumption, which of course, dangerous to live by assumptions, but the assumption for many mothers is that they're, you know, in a heterosexual relationship that the dad is all filled up. Oh, oh, dad has everything he needs. I'm the one that feels like an empty shell. So I think it's useful, just like Deb said in the beginning, to remember that we're actually all having a very similar experience here. Yeah. So that empty shell that goes across the board, you know, And I think it's a very common misconception that, you know, the only dads I feel actually don't have an empty shell are the ones who aren't involved. Yes. Because, I mean, I'll call out dads who aren't involved and choosing not to be involved all day long because being a dad's cool. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's it's cool to be an involved dad. It's not cool to be a deadbeat dad. But um, be involved with your kids, plain and simple, unless that was your choice from the very beginning. I'd rather see a, a man who can honestly say to himself, the very beginning, look, I'm not cut out for this. I'm going to sign away my thing. You go and live your life, find someone else that will be better than I will. This is not mm. for me. Um, I have mm. some friends who have done that, you know, that I still know that I know who have done that. And it didn't change how I felt about them. I thought they were still really cool. I honestly had more respect for them mm. because they knew that, you know, if they were involved, they weren't going to be that involved. Right. And so you know, they didn't. So Sorry, Jay. Yeah. I have to say, no, you're like, fine. I wonder how many women have felt that that's even an option. Hundred percent. That is such an interesting phenomenon of when we talk about guilt. Exactly right. Right. That that's that is a difference. I would say. Oh, hundred percent. I can say that there is one woman that I know be my biological mother mm-hmm. who made that choice very early you know i was raised by my by my maternal grandmother from my, when i was two weeks old my brother he was raised by his paternal grandparents um from he, when he was about the same age so oh. you know and it was circumstantial and whatnot that's taken us a whole nother conversation to get into forgiveness and all the things that came along with that but that's a whole nother thing um but ultimately, you know, I feel that it's easier for men to make that choice and have that choice because as a woman, you're carrying that child. 
So you're bonding with that child. You're literally growing that child. So you're growing all the feelings, the emotions, you're feeling the kicks, the beats, everything. Um, and I think it's a really hard choice. That's not, and it's not really given right. to, 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 to women when they're in the hospital, if they even want to make that choice or they don't know how to access that choice or they don't, they're not given that choice. Cause ultimately it is a choice. You know, there are systems in place. There are people who want to adopt, who would love to adopt that little baby and make it theirs. I have talked to plenty of other dads, other podcast hosts who have been on that journey. Um, I can't think of who exactly right now, but you know, I know quite a few adoptive parents and they're so happy because that's, you know, what they ultimately wanted, what they could have as far as becoming parents and Ultimately, it's really hard to see some of these kids that I work with in my line of work who are products of the system right. because they've been passed around, bounced around, bounced from mom to dad to caregivers into foster homes, back to caregivers. Different caregiver says, oh, yeah, I'll take a chance. Nope, nope, nope. Can't do this kid. Nope. Take them back. Take them back. And it's just a simple phone call. And those kids are just being bounced around. And it's really sad. And ultimately, you want the kids to be successful. Um, and it takes a really special person in each of these kids' lives to say, hey, I'll take that kid, I'll take it on. But it's really hard because they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Um, they could be taking on a 10-year-old 10 10-year-old girl that has really hard behavior issues, doesn't understand boundaries, has abandonment issues. So you have to brush your teeth with her just mm -hmm. so she feels safe enough to brush her teeth. And like, there's a lot that goes along with that. And so, yeah, it's a whole thing. But Honestly, I wish that there was more choice given across the board. Like it's a conversation to have that doctors should have with their patients, you know, the baby doctors. I don't, I don't know what they're called. Baby <laughs> doctors, midwives. Oh yeah. OBs, midwives should be having doula should be having with their, with their patients. Like having that real conversation with them if they're expressing those feelings and looking into the alternatives because there are alternatives. And if they start early enough, if they start at three months versus eight months, they're more than likely to find a family that'll adopt that baby and take it straight home from the hospital. You know what, Jay, one of the things that I find is really, really, really powerful in the work that I do is helping to build that sense of agency, you know, choice and control in mothering and I'll, parenthood, but I'll just speak from the mother's perspective. I think so often in mothering, we feel like we don't have any choice and, and we are feel out of control. And I think even allowing mothers to recognize parents, but mothers to recognize that it actually is a choice to get out of bed every morning. You don't have to get out of bed every morning. It actually is a choice to move forward and bring this baby home at the end of a after birth. Now, again, many people would say, well, of course, it's not even a choice. But I think recognizing that there is choice involved and in taking ownership for the choices that we're making in and of itself lends to our mental well-being. Because when we can every day, you know, your baby is crying you actually do have a choice about whether or not to go soothe your baby. You will think to yourself, because it's so impulsive, right? It's sort of biological to go pick up a baby, but of course it's a choice. And, you know, in our work now with our kids being older, like it is actually a choice to sit down and listen to what our daughters have to say. We would say, well, 
Of course, because that's just in the way that we mother. But I think the more we can actually slow things down and recognize that we do have choice, even though the choice might be obvious, is helpful in building our sense of self and our self-esteem and our confidence. Does that make sense? No, 100%. So that's actually a love and logic parenting strategy um, that I work with a lot of different parents about is the choices. Something I'm really into is choice theory itself. Um, and that I like to personally spend some time researching and learning about, but choices are, they're so powerful and it's really fun to work with the family to help them understand giving their kids choices while they're ultimately still controlling the situation. It's like, okay, do you want two more minutes or three more minutes? You know, we're loving logic grads. Yeah. No, you're fine. I love love and logic. I love that concept of giving choices and turning it around like for the parents as well like hey you know you also have the choice and the situation on how you're going to react every reaction is a choice how you're going to discipline is a choice how you're going to react or if you're going to be proactive or if you're going to actually stop for a second and recognize your child getting worked up or starting to get to the point where they might you know melt down or have a blow up kind of thing and if you're invested enough so these are all choices i think that's great so you know, it brings up another thought that Kate was saying before about how to be steady. And, you know, I think that the practice of being a human, regardless if you're a parent or not, but it's particularly helpful when you're parenting, is self that really in, important self-awareness of the body and how your body is often giving you really big cues. So when you're not regulated or steady, that the choice goes back to, I can't actually listen right now. Like when you said, um, of course we go listen. Like I had a couple moments this last weekend. I have some really good material here. Um, <laughs> Cause I just got really, we call thrilled. ourselves out all the time. All the time. <laughs> I hadn't actually, the, my family for hadn't actually been like alone as a family since the summer. And so all of our shit was up, but anyway, it was, I, there was many moments throughout the weekend that I noticed, like, I just noticed heat in my cheeks, tightness in my throat. And those were my, and that's from years of learning and listening and practicing. But that was an indicator of, nope, I cannot listen right now. Yes. I'm actually not going to be able to attune to your needs, yes. you know? And so that was actually a win. I'll take the win actually of like 100%. removing myself from the family to be like, I need to go lay on the rock for five minutes and breathe and feel the sun in my face. And then I'm going to come back and we'll revisit this. And that's, that's choice. hundred percent. And it yes. comes from the value of listening to your teenagers, right? right. And you, or your children or your partners or your friends and knowing, I mean, it's so good because how often in those moments do we stand there and be like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to show up this way and we're getting tighter and tighter. And then can we swear on this podcast? Of course. So and then we lose podcast. our shit, right? <laughs> and then, then we, we lose, lose our shit. shit. And then we're, and then the impact is at that point that not only can we not listen in that moment, but we've like created this whole other thing that we have to deal with. So I totally. think that is such a skill, right, Jay? This example, Deb's yeah. giving the skill of like 100%. noticing before you're at the 10. Right. So that you can make that choice. How do I stay in line with my values? And we're not always going to get it right all the time. No. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, one of 
One of the things I'm learning the most about myself right now with teenagers, and I'm really hooked on like the external cultural messaging of makeup. It's just like a theme in my life of how they're so into their makeup. And anyway, I have all sorts of mixed feelings about it, but I found myself getting really dysregulated and judgmental. That was the end result as I felt really judgy. And then they felt the judgy. And that was the, a moment, that's an example of not checking myself, mm -hmm. you know? So when you said, um, then you don't know what's going to happen, what's going to spill out. For me, it was like judgment spilled out. And I was like, oh, conversation done. Like that, that's a conversation blocker when there's judgment in the room. So yeah, it's just such a learning experience every single day, right? No, 100%. And I think that's so important. We know we want to teach our kids and we want to teach ourselves to identify it in our kids. But again, it comes back to what we talked about earlier. You have to put that energy into yourself to be able to recognize it within yourself. You have to know your limits. You have to know when you need to take a break, when you need to be like, not right now. Uh, sometimes when my girls want to climb up on me, or like when I'm sitting in the chair, or like on the couch or something, and they want to cuddle or something, and I'm just like, I can't do this right now. I'm just like, I can't right now, not right now. So it makes my six-year-old go off and pout and be sad because she just wanted to cuddle. And I'm like, I just, I just can't like be touched and over that right now. Cause I usually run really hot. I, I run like hot just body temperature wise and it drives me crazy because I'm just hot all the time and I get uncomfortable easily, but it's like, I just, I can't right now. I, just, I can't do that right now. Not right now. We'll cuddle later. And then she comes back two minutes later. It's like, can we cuddle now? Or can we play Uno or something else? And it's like, okay. <laughs> You just then I have to realize she just wants attention. She doesn't just want to cuddle. She wants wants attention. For she just wants attention for something, and you know Beautiful. that is what it is. Mm. So isn't it so amazing, Jay? When we have a moment where we hear our children modeling back to us what they've learned us do, what they've watched us do, right? So when. When our young child says, I just need space right now, right? Or when our teenager says, you know, I don't feel, I actually really don't feel like talking about that right now. Or, you know, when we watch our kids take ownership for their own well being and stating what they need. I remember when my daughter, I have two daughters, and one of them is very even, Stephen, and the other one is very emotive. And when my very emotive daughter, Seriously, she must have been three. And I, and I, and she was loud. She would have these like loud outbursts. And I think at one point I was like, stop yelling. Right. <laughs> and she like looked at me and planted her feet on the floor. And she's like, Mama, you forgot to take your deep breath. And I was like, half of me was like, oh, God, you little. <laughs> right. And the other half was like, wow, there it is. There is an example of a kid who is observing and absorbing my saying outwardly and learning, you know, really watching me model over time what's important for me to like tend to myself. And when we see our kids reflect that back, we might feel a little, you know, it might be in the moment, irritated. like, yeah, irritated. <laughs> but in the big scheme of things, what a gift because they're just yeah. watching us, they're listening. We don't always know that they're watching and listening. 100%. My six-year-old's very loud about that sometimes because her little sister will climb up. They have bunk beds, so my, my little one will climb up to the big one's bed. And then I'll just hear from their bedroom, 
I want space. Get off my bed. And it's just loud and it's continuous. And the little one starts crying because she doesn't understand why she can't be up on her bed. And then she's not happy. And then I have to go in there and I'm like, why are we yelling? Why are we fighting? And I'm like, come on, get down. And she's like, no, I want to be on her bed. And I'm like, she doesn't want you on her bed right now. And then she starts crying and then everyone's crying. And I'm just like, I just get off the bed like let's just <laughs> off the bed, give her some space go on your bed you guys are still in the same room or whatever but I think it's really hard for them because they're always like together their mother has another child um and whatnot but those two they're always together and so they rely on each other well the little one relies on her older sister a lot because they she has to because that's her constant mm-hmm. you know that's the one thing that's always there for her so she always wants to spend time with her follow her around be her little shadow do everything like her, wear all the makeup. Don't even get me started on the makeup with little girls because I can't, I can't. Um, I'm with you. Like the doctor even said, because my six-year-old wore makeup to her last doctor's appointment and the doctor was like, hey, be careful with the makeup because we don't want that to trigger like any early hormones or anything. And I'm just like, well, yeah, you try telling this kid to not wear makeup and you come fight that fight with me. Um, and then we'll see. <laughs> but anyways, um, but no, it is really cool to see like when they're able to communicate, maybe not effectively all the time, but they're able to communicate those things that they're learning and whatnot. So, yes, I mean, you have littles, they are communicating as effectively as they are capable of. Yeah. You're doing it just right. You know, that that's one thing that I love to like remind myself and everyone I work with is like, these are little tiny people with little brains and little experience. Even with thir- even my 13 year old, I'm like, she is 13. Like I have, and I just have to remind that to myself a lot because I think because we're living in such a conscious era and there's so much communication and education and it's just endless that it's easy to forget that they're mostly all right on schedule (laughs) and like screaming for space from the top of the bunk bed. Yes, that is exactly right. right. Yes. (laughs) Like, wow, you used your voice. Yes. Okay. Everyone take a beat, you know, and like, right. All right. Are you two ready for the YDP three to close? All right. So the YDP three is a series of three questions. Um, They're pretty fun. Interpret them as you will. Um, and answer them however you want. So the first one is, where are you rooted or where do your roots run? Uh, I, 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 my instinctive answer to that because of where I am with my work right now is I am rooted and my roots run in generations of women who have done amazing things in the world and suffered in the process of doing amazing things. And I am very determined and committed in this lifetime to help women do amazing things and not suffer while they're doing them. So I don't know, just came up because I'm immersed in working with that right now. And my first, thank you. That was beautiful. You're welcome. You are amazing. Um, My first thing that came to me was like earth. I am just rooted in nature and like seasons and all the metaphors that come with that. And like, being outside and really reflecting, like being outside and also really internally weathering storms and appreciating moments of pause and just 
the, the cyclical rhythms that happen with the earth. Love that. And what grounds you? You go first. Um, I mean, my first thing that was breath. <laughs> it just, it just allows me to slow it all down because my brain can move really fast and my body moves pretty fast in the world. And I am constantly trying to slow things down. So breath and earth again <laughs> and movement, but like movement in a way that is, has a little more pause. So I'll just use a little example. I, I'm a dancer and I'm a mountain biker. They're two opposites in many ways. And on this last trip, I was mountain biking. And for the first time I really learned how to mountain bike really slowly to get over some hard obstacles. Sounds crazy, but I was like in my brain the whole time, like this is parenting. <laughs> this is me. Um, I have somehow taught myself um, over the years, I have a very committed meditation and mindfulness practice. And somehow I've created this habit where every two or three minutes, I feel the bottom of my foot on the floor. I've taught myself this skill and, and now it happens just instinctively. And I think for me, what grounds me is feeling my bottom, the bottom of my foot on the floor, because in, 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 in motherhood and work and life, it's so easy to have our focus be in the past or the future. And so at that one little practice, it doesn't, no time, no money, no effort. It's just about feeling that, feeling that contact with the ground and that grounds me. I love that. Then lastly, the last one here is one that I ask all guests that come on the show. What advice do you have for the mother or the parent that's just in a really dark place? They come into your office. They're just completely rock bottom, down in the dumps. What kind of advice or what kind of things are you sharing with them? Or what are you saying to them to try to bring them out of that a little bit? I think where I am going to start 100% of the time, because I really believe that it's true, is it makes sense that you are feeling this way right now, given all of the things that you just told me are happening for you. So I think that it's so easy for us when we're in a really, really tricky spot to assume that we should be somewhere else. And that is a rest, that's like kerosene on the fire. And I've never in all of my 20 years of work, I have never sat with someone or talked to someone who's their experience, once they've told me what's happening for them, doesn't make perfect sense to me. And so I think I will always start there. And I think we need to, to we need to learn how to do that with ourselves as well. But I also, it's like, yeah, let's start exactly where you are and then move forward into your potential because where you are is, to, to the phrase I just used earlier, right on brand, given all these things you just told me are going on for you. Mm, I love that. I would echo all of that, that like ability to reflect and let someone be seen. And then the only thing I would add is the reminder that it's temporary. Hmm. I love that. Well, you two, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the insights into motherhood and to uncut a little bit and to get into some uncomfortable topics. Um, I think that's really important. And um, it's what I really enjoy doing and to share that perspective with you guys. So I really appreciate your time today. Um, go ahead and tell the people where they can find more of you both. Deb, go for it. All right. So I have a website called motherdaughterjourney.co. 
And it's also, you can also find me at debrubin.com. They go to the same place. And that website has lots of information. I have a newsletter that you can sign up there that I offer monthly tips and strategies and reflection around the whole parenting journey. We have our podcast, obviously. Um, I have an Instagram account called Mother Daughter Journey. And what else do I have? That's, that's where you can find me. I'm just going to put a plug in for Deb because I have two teenage daughters. And Deb, you are literally a master at helping mothers connect with their daughters in ways that we don't even think of. And so if any of your listeners have daughters and are interested in really whether they're whether they're in crisis or not, there are a lot of mothers and daughters in crisis, which is like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Go find Deb. But even if you're not in crisis, which I wasn't when I took your workshops, I am constantly using the tools I learned from you. you. So that's just my little plug for. I my, do have workshops. She like does. She's reminding she me does. that she I have workshops. workshops. You can find all that on your website. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Um, I have a website, katekripke.com, and I uh, all my all my offerings and support for mothers is on that um, website. I'm super active on Instagram at Kate Kripke, and I offer a lot of free content there that I feel really proud of, and I think is um, I love doing it. I love having conversations with mothers on that platform. Um, I wrote a book called, um, what's my book called? Reinventing Supermom, <laughs> which is really, the book was, it was initially written for new mothers in that first postpartum year who are, it's it's Reinventing Supermom, um, support and strategies for new mothers who feel lost. But the feedback I'm getting is that that book and the content is user-friendly regardless how much your child is. You can find that book on Amazon. And yeah, Motherhood Uncut. You can find me and Deb having fun, humorous, tear-provoking, thought-provoking, laughter-provoking conversations every week over on Motherhood Uncut. Love it. Well, thank you both. Any last thoughts or anything you guys want to add in here? or Just thank you. Thanks for doing the work. Yeah, and I want to just like, I, 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 just a little bit of a cheerleading statement is like, you've got this. We've all got this. And back to Deb's comment in the beginning, and this conversation is like, don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, go to your podcast, Jay. Come to our podcast. Find communities. Have conversations because we are literally not supposed to parent alone. And so, when we when we expand that network of support, we will in in intuitively, instinctively feel better pretty quickly. Yes. Find your people. Village up. That's right. 100%. I love that. Well, thank you both for your time today. I really appreciate it. It was awesome having you guys. Let's let the audience do their thing. Man, that was such a good episode. We are so appreciative of our guests today for sharing their story, sharing their experience and their perspective and their answers to the YDP3. That's really where the podcast gets its life and its juice from, and it's always great to reconnect to your root, figure out what's grounding you currently, and what advice and what can you give to someone else. I love that part of the show every time we come on. Quick message from your host before we let you go. We appreciate you you staying until the very end here. If you didn't know, And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know. But if you don't know and you're new, Jay, your host, is a published children's book author. You can get his book, A Baseball Game with Dad, 
over on Amazon right now. The link is in the show notes and across every single social media platform that we have. One more partnership that we have that's amazing for Father's Clothing. You can click the link below, read the story, and you'll want to leave the website with a new polo or a matching polo for you and your kid or pre-order something or get one of their new designs or get some socks or some other gear that's just um, by dad for dad. It's amazing. Great people over there at Ford Fathers. We are so proud to be partnered with them. And then lastly, join us over on our social medias. You can find us everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, at Young Dad Pod or Young Dad Podcast. Find us either way there. Very easy to find. We would love if you supported us and helped us grow and expand the podcast through our social media channels. Lastly, very lastly, we promise, if you're listening on Spotify, interact with the polls, interact with the question, leave a five-star review. If you're on Apple, hit that five-star rating, leave us a review to read on our next show. We'd love to do that. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like the video, comment, and share. And also, a friendly reminder, if you want to get the podcast early, you can head over to YouTube, subscribe, and you'll get early access ad-free to the podcast for that week. Any other platform, please make sure you rate, review, comment, and share the podcast with a friend. We love you. Remember, you are worthy. You are loved. You are worthy to be loved. We love you. Have a beautiful week. Take care.